Hey everybody, this is Reggie. Welcome back to Reggie's Comic Stories, episode number 12. Uh, I want to have a, have a couple apologies to start out the show. Number one, I apologize for this buzzing sound you might be hearing in the back of my uh, recording, my talking here. Uh, that really is the result of, I'm not sure, some sort of work being done outside. I tried to wait it out. It uh, never stopped, and it's not stopping, and uh, I need to get this recorded. So hopefully it won't be too... Uh, unpleasant. Uh, I also want to apologize that I didn't have a new episode two weeks ago, my normal slot. Um, people who listen to the Cosmic Treadmill and, and follow uh, us on social media might know that I had a really bad sinus infection uh, really going on three weeks ago, and uh, it made me uh, unable to speak for several days. I couldn't hear for several days, and it's been a long road to recovery. In fact, I even relapsed uh, this week, yesterday, uh, uh, Monday of this week, if you're listening to the show as it comes out, uh, where I had a total like loss of hearing again and my voice died, but it's coming back faster than it did before. You can hear it's still a little bit gravelly, gravelly, and I apologize for that. So, uh, having dispensed with those apologies, this is Reggie's Comic Stories, episode 11. You can find me here every other Wednesday on chrisandreggie.com, opposite Chris's uh, bi-weekly show, Chris's on Infinite Earths, and of course, pick us up on Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, etc., etc. Uh, this week, I want to bring, and actually I had this recorded uh, before I even got sick, um, I want to talk about something uh, sort of that's bubbling around in my mind. I don't really have a concrete uh, thing to say. I, I want this to be more of a discussion about uh, comics and the creation of comics. And to that end, I've got an interview with a fellow named John Mejias, who is uh, creating a comic. He's almost done uh, in a very unique way. Um, now, when we think of comics, we think of a saddle-stapled uh, roughly, you know, 32-page booklet, uh, whatever, panels, uh, you know, gutters, all the, all the things we expect to see. And, you know, when, we, when you think of making a comic, even when you are learning from uh, the greats like Will Eisner and, uh, you know, uh, whoever, you know, Joe Kubert, well, you know, they start with you could make your thumbnail and you plot your page and you rule your borders and you pencil your... Figures and you do your balloons and your lettering and then you ink your characters and so so on and so forth and eventually after all that you've made a comic and you know it, it's it's unmistakable what a comic is and what the language looks like um, but is that really all a comic is is a comic not just sequential art <clears throat> pardon me uh, as coined by Will Eisner in his book sequential art. Uh, titled sequential art. Um, if that's the case, then there's no need for it to have been drawn or uh, for even to go through all those steps. Uh, it could be f uh, a sequence of photos, or uh, as as in the case of Marvel's Fumetti, uh, they and Help Magazine would do those kind of photo uh, comics, and, and those are also comics in their way, and in a sense, a lot faster to produce. Uh, you know. It, you know, when do we, is a tapestry a comic? Because that can be read left to right, and that, that is a progression of uh, events. I'm talking about, like, medieval tapestries that tell of great battles or uh, even, you know, cave paintings. Uh, to some extent, the hieroglyphs on 
uh, tomb walls. People have said that those are, you know, sort of like comics, and they are and they aren't. Uh, those pic those pictograms do represent uh, specific phrasings, but they also depict events in a sequence. So uh, my point is, where is the comic? Is the comic in the sequence, or is the comic in the uh, page? And so what I've done, I've, I've talked to a guy named John Mejias. I've known him not very well. I actually know him through a better friend uh, for many years now. Um, always had a great respect for his uh, work. He's, he's an artist. He's an art teacher uh, at a, uh, I, think he, I think it's a grade school. It might be a middle school. He, he will say in the interview. Um, but uh, he's been on Instagram, and I followed him there for a while. He has been posting uh, pictures of this um, comic he's been developing. And what it is, is every panel is a block of wood that he has stained and then chipped away, you know, dug out the image that he wants. Uh, very uh, crafty, I guess, kind of thing. Uh, very work intensive, uh, you know, physically labor intensive, much more so than just drawing, I would say. Uh, and it also has created some f unbelievably fantastic singular works of art. Uh, some of the panels themselves are just incredible. As he's gone along, he's gotten better at the technique, and he's he's really he's really created some amazing singular pieces. So uh, I wanted to talk to him about that process, and I didn't really. Talk to him so much about, uh, you know, what I'm saying here about where the comic, where a comic begins and ends. Uh, I talked to him more about the weight of his work and the subject of his work, which is the Puerto Rican War, uh, which is something I didn't know anything about, and I hope to learn more about when his uh, whole book is done. But anyway, let's cut over to that interview. I think it's about 20 minutes long. Then I'll come back, wrap it up, and I, I really want to hear from. Uh, some people out there, see what you think where, you know, or if you could think of other things that we could apply, to, uh, that we can consider as comics, because uh, I think that, you know, as broad as the definition can be, is uh, where we should be with it. So, let's head over, let's hear from John Mayhew you know, right getting, now. Or not having a full run of pupping is, uh, it's something I'm always trying to somehow plug in, although I've never ever seen an issue of Puppet in the wild, uh, I guess it's not impossible. You know, I see out there in the world, uh, there are crazier things, but uh, I, I, I love that. The largest print run I ever did was a thousand. Yeah, I, I must have gotten my hands on one or two issues that I think are still in a in my one of my boxes now or now uh, in storage preparing for a move, but uh, I loved them. I thought it was great, and and you were exhibiting some of the style that I think you've uh, you know you're using on the current work. Whose name I'm I don't, I'm not sure what the title of the work is. To be honest, with you. <laughs> is there a title for it yet? Or the book that I just worked on now is called The Puerto Rican War. Okay. Uh, is it done? Are you finished with it? Or are you still? I am totally finished with it. Whoa. 80 woodblock prints, and now I have the fun part of, at first I was going to scan it, but there wasn't a scanner big enough, or you have to put a feed, and you can't right. put wood through the feed, and then I had a photographer that just, actually I had two photographers that bailed on me, so now I'm talking with a third photographer about getting the whole thing shot. 
it, so it can be ready for book form. And and the, is getting the wood grain is a is a big part of it, or are you just trying to get the uh, print part of it, or for this, I I want to get the wood grain. The blocks of wood are the actual images, right? You know, for a long time I was doing printmaking, and I was like, oh, the block of wood is better than the print, and so like after that, with that idea, I was like, let's just put the block of woods as the artwork so it's like a little experiment yeah well there's all those valleys or I, I don't know what the actual term would be but the carved out portions it's all that texture in there and all that work that can uh, really yeah. add to the radiation of the uh, of the of the design yeah uh, I even got into like making things deeper so a deeper shadow would appear just the scratches and everything it just became part of it there's one panel that always sticks out in my mind and, and I uh, I might be wrong about what it is <laughs> because I, I I only see you work on Instagram and uh, look, look you're we're recording now so let them know what uh what your Instagram is people go can go look at it. Uh, my Instagram is John Vasquez Mejias. All right, and that's underscore in between every word, right? Yes. I'll put that in the show notes too, so everyone can go check it out. So that this is where I see all of these uh, wood blocks and. One that really always sticks out, I believe, is of the White House. It's kind of in the center of a of a of a bunch of radiating panels, and uh, it's the White House, or it's some really White Housey looking structure. And it that's just... actually the capital of Puerto Rico. It's ah. very similar to the White House. It's, the differences are, are small. This is something. The I'm design. So, I'm so excited to really get my hands on because all I can ever see are these Instagram. Pictures, so I haven't. It's not. It hasn't been a very easy narrative to follow, is what I'm trying to tell you. No, I'm uh, totally teasing it. I'm not giving it away. Absolutely, like people yeah. do On the internet, I'm teasing the whole thing. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. And you're, it's working in my case, uh, but for me, it's just been a visual bonanza. But the content of it is sort of elusive, and of course, I'm somewhat ashamed, but obviously uh, not uh, unique in saying that I never knew about this Puerto Rican War or this this. Uh, I'm not sure exactly even are you talking about the portion of the Spanish-American War that we were never taught in school or... Okay, so it's not a, it was never officially a war, right. but to a handful of Puerto Ricans, it, it totally was a war. You know, it just wasn't enough of them to make it official news in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, but to the Puerto Rican nationalists, you know, 100 people, we're, we're at war. And it's something that I grew up with because you know, I'm Puerto Rican and my father would rant about it since I was in kindergarten, you know, like how Puerto Rico was getting ripped off, how in 1950 it was illegal to have a Puerto Rican flag or sing a Puerto Rican song in mm. Puerto Rico. And so I sort of grew up with this rants of injustice from my parents. Um, even to a point, like I was totally like, nobody knows about this. When I started I started doing comics about teaching art in the Bronx because I thought nobody knows what it's like to teach public school mm-hmm. in the Bronx. And then once I had my say, the next thing in my brain is like, nobody really knows the injustice of what happened in Puerto Rico, how they tried to kill the president, how they took over two towns, you know. This, yeah. um, so that was my first order of business. I was like, this is, this is an important story, and it's a good story. So... That's it. It seems fascinating, and there, I had even, I wasn't even sure of what the context of uh, what it was. But this is, this is the, 
uh, Puerto Rican nationalist movement that obviously grew, grew tremendously when uh, immigration laws changed for New York in the 60s uh, and brought some of that along with the civil rights movement to uh, American mainland, I guess we would say. Uh, I, exactly. I'm assuming, I'm, make, I'm making a big connection here, not, not really knowing for sure, but I'm sort of just trying to frame it in my mind, uh, get my touch touch point for Well, in, in 1950, they made a few decisions. Abiso Campos was the head of the movement, and they made a few decisions to try to bring attention to Puerto Rico mm. to get their independence. They tried to take over a few towns. They drove into town and held up the police and burned the draft cards and cut all the phone lines and said, this town is ours now. Mm -hmm. They sent two people to the United States to assassinate the president. You know, it was serious. serious. stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bro. Um, in response, the U.S. bombed the towns. Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they put a stop to that. And in the other town... They weren't really successful in taking over the town, and the police won, and they they executed them without a trial behind the behind the police station. Um, then, meanwhile, I'm giving the whole book away now. And then, meanwhile, um, <laughs> they the police raided Campos's apartment. They just surrounded his apartment. He tried to put up a wall of books like outside his windows to protect himself, but they shot through and took him into custody. He needed some thicker books, I guess. Maybe that was. Uh, they needed some thicker books. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like that was the issue. I mean, this sounds uh, like an amazing. This almost sounds like a uh, crime does not pay or something like that. Like uh, nonstop, you know, gunfighting, shooting action or something. Yeah. As uh, I was doing the, the research for it, you know, I read every book I could find and I interviewed a professor of Puerto Rican studies, and just as I was gathering the information, like a term paper, I was like, oh, man, I got something here. This is going to be good. Yeah. I, you know. I'm going to put a couple of uh, very poor photos that taken from your Instagram up on the, up on the show site so people can see it, but it really is the visual, uh, you know, bonanza of, of these wood carvings, I think, is the the hook of it. And, and, I, and to be honest, I've discussed the, your work with a lot of people, and uh, made them curious. Some people have had almost angry reactions. John, believe it or not, uh, I'll, I'll why you, are they angry? I'll, t I'll tell you that in a minute. Well, it's, it's actually funny. It's only my father, and it actually probably has more to do with being my father. But anyway, uh, I'll tell you about that in a minute. So I want to back up just a little bit to a slightly lighter fare and ask you the question that we always ask people on uh, my shows, which is why comics? What was your comics motive moment? What brought you? to want to make comics? That's really hard to answer because I've been with comics since since I was so tiny. When I was in grade school, my dad would take me and my sister to the library, the public library, and he would just be like, all right, I'll be over here. We just got to do whatever we wanted in the library. And I just gravitated towards the comics, the Peanuts comics, they had this big Dick Tracy book. Mm -hmm. It was really violent, and I was way into it. And so I sat with that book forever and um, started to collect comics, started with the X-Men. Um, there was a comic store near me, like less than a mile away, so I started to get Savage Sword of Conan and uh, uh -huh. Elfquest because they were in black and white, and I love black and white comics. Right. 
Um, then I started to make my own comics. Moose Man was my first comic. He was uh, he had the powers of a moose. <laughs> and, the, because... and, the, and the, the, you know, ability to stand upright of a man, I guess that would be the other thing. <laughs> he just, his mask was like moose antlers. <laughs> but I, just, I wanted to have an original guy, like all the good animals were taken, you know. So yeah. I was like, well, no, nobody has a moose. So I had Moose Man. That's cool. And so it just launched with me from, you know, before I was 10. It just seems like it was a, a fait accompli. You were going to be a uh, comics kind of guy. No, no you know what, what else it was funny? When I, when I was like a teenager, I was like, I'm like a serious artist. And I right. went to serious art school. And when I got out, I was like, you know what? I like comics. Yeah, well, so. we're sort of in a renaissance now. And uh, it's what's interesting is that the uh, breadth, the, the length that's taken to complete your work, I think has actually put you in a prime position to take advantage of that. <laughs> uh, when you started, <laughs> the industry was sort of one way, and now it sort of is another way very uh, accepting of what well, I guess we could call them high-end comics, or more accepting, at least in America, and uh, I hope that, that bodes well for all of us getting to see what, what you have doing. So, um, you, as you said, you did printmaking. Uh, I think in the beginning they might have caught us talking about a, a zine that you had called Paping that was essentially woodblock prints. Am I right? Or different, yeah, it was different prints and different materials. Yeah. When I went to I went to school, I went to SUNY Purchase, and I took a printmaking class, and it just really clicked with me. I think um, I could draw okay, but carving wood, all of a sudden, wait a minute, I've got something here, like mm-hmm. the wood gouges and like the the subtractive way. Right. You know, some things just click with you. Like it just when I draw, I'm eh. But when I'm carving wood, this looks nice, and I just got you know more and more interested in the success. Wood is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it took me forever to make a whole comic out of wood because like I can never make a whole comic out of wood. It'll take me forever. So I just slowly eased into it. Yeah. Uh, there's no no other way to do it. What's, what, what do you use to uh, hack away? What wood do you use? And, or is that giving away anything? I have no idea. Oh, no way. I've used all kinds of things. For most recently, I use MDF. Okay. Which is like um, uh, kind of like a fiberboard kind of Particle board type thing, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not interested in wood grains in my images anymore, and it's cheap. You just have to use oil-based ink. You can't get it wet because it'll pop up like a sponge. Okay. I have a huge amount of linoleum floor that I got from my Aunt Helen, her old kitchen floor, and have uh, the back of it. Oh, awesome. It's kind of funny because, yeah, it's kind of funny because I know I'll never get more. On the, so I'm just like, oh, slowly dying away. <laughs> I, think, I think there's probably stores of linoleum out there, though. You find some dead stock. Uh, somewhere, if Peter Cooper doesn't take it all for his comics, uh, <laughs> that'll always be the hunt. Yeah, I think he uses glass too. No, it, it, uh, he might now. He used to use uh, to sort of a wax that he scratched away. This is this would have been in the eighties, even or early nineties. But I, I hear now he does. He is doing etching. His work looks really wild. The more recent stuff that I've seen. Uh, but I not, first saw it in heavy metal. Yeah, it was crazy. Not too. I don't. You know that. Uh, I, I think I know which one you what you're talking about. The uh, allusion to the uh, corporate greed or something, or something or other. Um, so uh, let's 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 dive into uh, the Puerto Rican War 
so what was the, was the decision to make it out of woodblocks simply that that's what you're comfortable doing and you were going to go that way? Um, I always thought that my best work was just plain old carving wood. Mm-hmm. And I did like a four-page comic, and then I did a longer, longer comic where I drew, and then I added in little woodcut elements. Mm-hmm. But I was always just a little scared to take that dive. Like, I'm going to make a whole entire book just of wood. Yeah. It just seemed like I couldn't do it. And then finally, with, when this idea with the Puerto Rican War came, I was like, I'm going to take this really seriously, and I don't care. I'm going to do the whole thing out of wood. This is it. Mm-hmm. So... So that's what I did. It's a subject with gravity that you give gravity, and you can use that for any of your uh, promotions, <laughs> whatever you want. But that's that's, that's really that. so. So I'll tell you now uh, what my uh, the conversation with my father, and I have I, I've mentioned your uh, thing to a few people, and uh, it only just occurred to me recently, like, hey, I actually have a podcast about comics. This could fit. Um, but I was talking to my dad about it. My dad's a very Contankerous, judgmental person. People who listen to the show know that I, uh, he and I, we we have our our differences and things like that. But he's he's a highfalutin comics fan, and he's an old uh, book production guy going way back to the seventies. So he understands uh, a lot of the challenges facing you. And he just this is actually a couple of weeks ago. He was almost downright mad that you had done it on woodblocks because it makes it difficult to reproduce was his problem. Uh, he felt that you should have made it only as prints or that it should have been drawn or that it's if it's going to be for print, that uh, using the woodblocks was, in his mind, too precious. But that's when I said to him, the point of this is that, you know, this, this is a subject with weight. And so the weight of the source, you know what I mean? It's Whenever someone makes a comic, there's a stack of pages and there's a certain relief in that, you know what I mean? There's a certain, like, wow, this is, you know, Jack Kirby's stack of fantastic four pages is, like, three feet high. But a stack of woodblocks like what you have is really uh, something that can be exhibited by itself. And uh, he didn't he didn't believe me, John, I got to tell you. He still stuck to his guns, but uh, he's entitled to that opinion. I think that it's really going to... Uh, turn some heads, and uh, people are going to be very interested in what they see. I don't think I even understand his beef, really, that he just thought, <laughs> what is too precious? Is that, is that the beef? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, it's that he feels that uh, if, if you're making something for print anyway, which I think is just one aspect of this, really, uh, that you, you just would have saved time and saved effort by drawing it or Using, using the blocks to make prints themselves instead of uh, making the, you know, to him, it's almost like you're shooting the print, the printing plates. And I said, he is, basically, he's shooting the printing plates. Uh, and that, that bothered him for some reason. Okay. Your dad is just like my dad, where he's got, like, his own moral compass. Oh, yeah. With this, like, set of rules. Yep. Okay. That's exactly what it is, yeah. Our dads, our dads can hang out with each other. They're not necessarily uh, stated rules, either. That This was a new rule, for example. I didn't know that you weren't supposed to ever see the printing plates, but apparently... That was his problem. So that was, but I'll be honest. Everyone else, he's the only one. I just wanted to bring him up because he's quite a character, and uh, listeners know that I have a few stories about him. But uh, everyone else I've shown it to has really been blown away, and I think this is—it's going to be awesome. Do you have any kind of 
uh, publishing plan lined up, a publisher interested or anything? I've had a few conversations, but I don't have anything concrete. And I don't want to say sure, sure. until I know it's actually concrete. <laughs> but I've had a little bit of interest here and there. Well, I can think of a few people that could definitely do that kind of work justice. And, uh, you know, when I think about this, the, the level of detail that would be uh, that would best serve it, I think of those IDW, and not they're the only publisher that could do it, but those artist editions. Have you seen these gigantic artist editions for. I got the Mad One right next to me. Yeah, I mean, right it, <laughs> um, those are amazing. You know what I mean? That's like looking at, uh, you know, ancient. Uh, papyrus documents or something of how to make comic books is so uh, fascinating. So, yeah, that kind of camera work, I think, is going to really do a good job for you. If you can well, find thanks it. for all the compliments. I appreciate it. <laughs> I hope that, I hope that <laughs> boosted you up. Were you having a good day otherwise, or did I just turn a bad day good? How did that go? <laughs> oh, I just had a day of yelling at kids and, you know, yeah, doing my dishes. So. You're also they they missed that part of the uh, conversation. You also teach art in uh, New Jersey now. I think you said, uh, or no? Yeah, taught in public schools in the Bronx and in Harlem, and currently I'm in Jersey City. Yeah, getting around, and uh, sometimes you post some of that stuff to Instagram too, which I think is hilarious. It's, it's not all woodblocks over there. There's other parts of your life, but uh, it's all really it's all really interesting. So uh, I definitely tell people to check out at John underscore Vasquez underscore Mejias, and I'll uh, put that on the show notes. If do you want people to contact you? I, I let's let's leave it at Instagram. What do you say? You never know. <laughs> they can feel free to contact me through Instagram. I'm actually working on a website for when the book comes out, and I'm yeah. doing like I'm planning like a book tour and a performance that goes with the book. Like oh, I've done puppet man. shows before. So like, I'm doing all I can for this is like my main art assignment in life right now. It's 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 going to be huge. I think it's a uh, very worthwhile endeavor, and uh, I'm glad to help put out the word in this meager way. But uh, yeah, if uh, any other developments, please do let us know, and I'll uh, put them on the show as in terms of you know when and where the book is coming out and stuff like that and how much it will cost and all those other details that are very important. But uh, I want to thank you for your time, John, and uh, send you back to the rest of your dishes. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. And that was uh, a little bit from Mr. Mejias. Um, I want to, before I forget, and I'm going to put this in the show notes without a doubt, uh, if you want to follow his Instagram, and I really recommend you do, it's at John Vas underscore Vasquez underscore Mejias, and that's M-E-J-I-A-S uh, Vasquez, V-A-S-Q-U-E-Z. Uh, you really should check his stuff out, uh, even if you're just a fan of skilled artisans and, you know, cool-looking artwork. Uh, it's over there, plus he does have photos of his other artwork and often really entertaining uh, photos of his uh it's classwork and stuff that, that that he sees, and it's actually just a pretty cool Instagram account beyond the uh, woodwork that he does. But that stuff is really cool, and uh, really, it just it gets my mind spinning. Uh, I do mean what I said, really kind of like uh, glowed over at the end that you know by creating you know by creating such an arduous piece of work. If this were a Batman comic, it wouldn't make any sense. Why are you wasting? 
so much effort, time, material on a Batman comic. Uh, but when the subject has weight to it, maybe that is part of it too. And you know, I, I think of sometimes when pencilers are done with their work and they show off the stack of pages. This is how much I've done. It's whatever, uh, six inches, ten inches high, a lot taller. Uh, this comic, when it's done, when these, when all these wood panels are stacked on top of each other, it's going to take up a small room. So uh, that definitely, you know, it's just an imposing thing to think of. Uh, you know, most of us will receive it in a book form, I hope. Fingers crossed. It does seem like a uh, crazy thing to reproduce, but uh, crazier things have been reproduced as books, so it's not impossible. But... Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see where this, when this thing comes out, the whole book together, not just to read the story, but to see how all of these uh, images are going uh, lock to interlock and going to work together. And uh, yeah, it, go check them out. Um, you know, I really do want to know what you think. You can hit me up uh, at Reggie Reggie on Twitter, or you can email us at uh, weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. Um, I really would love to know what, what, what anyone thinks about this, uh, you know, the materials and comics being, uh, you know, but just basically what makes a comic? When, when, does a, when do we call a comic a comic? How does it uh, reach that state? Uh, we do have a Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash Chris and Reggie. If you like what we do, head over there, slip us five bucks. You'll get a pin and three exclusive shows per month uh, for your efforts. Chris is on Twitter, too. He's at Ace Comics, and he's got his own site. Chris is on InfiniteEarths.com. You should check that out. And, of course, our site is ChrisAndReggie.com. And if you go there and you click the banner for 80stees.com, you buy a T-shirt, you slip us something like 10 cents, everything is great. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway, again, everyone, very sorry for the poor sound of my voice and the uh, lack of new episode a couple of weeks ago, but from here on, Lord willing, I should be well enough to uh, put out my regular bi-weekly thing, and of course, Cosmic Treadmill is coming this Sunday as usual, so uh, be well, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, into the weekend, and on to the rest of your lives. Isla <laughs>